Good morning. Welcome to Brachos Man, page 40. The uh, Gemara begins with Rav, it's a statement from Rav, talking about what is considered a hefsek, an interruption between hamotzi and your eating, that you'd have to make another hamotzi. And the first statement says that, is, that you're allowed to say to somebody else, come take some bread, and that's not considered a hefsek. The second opinion says you could even say, bring some salt or bring some lift and some relish, because since you need that for the bread, uh, it's not considered a hefsek. And the third opinion goes further and says that even if you say, go get some food for the animals, that's also not a hefsek. Now, why is that not a hefsek, an interruption? What does the food for the animals have to do with your own food? And the answer basically is because since the halach is, it says, the, um, that I'll give grass in the field for your animals. And then it says, then you should be satisfied. We see from here that you're not allowed to eat before you feed your animals. So therefore, in fact, taking care of your animals' feeding is part of your own feeding because you can't eat yourself until they eat, and therefore it's not a hefsek in between hamotzi and eating. The Gemara goes on and says that you really shouldn't cut bread. You shouldn't break bread. You shouldn't make the bracha until everyone has before them salt or the relish to be able to right away do it. The Gemara then says that there was a story with the Reish Galusa, the Exilarch, who was very wealthy, and he didn't actually put salt on his bread. And he says, why don't I need to put salt on my bread? Because my bread is very, very tasty. And Tosis actually says that nowadays, since our bread is, is superior quality, the whole idea of putting salt on bread is probably not halakhically required. Although Tosis quotes another opinion of Menachem, who says you still should have salt because it's very important to have the bris malach, the covenant of salt, to protect you. Um, look in the Tosis over there. Then the Gemara goes on to talk about all these health things. Uh, have nothing to do with our Masechla other than the fact that the rabbi who talked about bread also talks about these things and they have to do with urinating. When you urinate, when you urinate, you should make sure that you do it sitting and not standing because if you stand, you won't completely empty your bladder out of a concern that the urine is going to jump back up and touch your clothes and get, get your clothes dirty. So sitting is better, except if you're urinating on soft ground. And if you have to urinate on hard ground, you should go up to like a second floor or you should urinate on a place where there's a slope. So then you're not going to be worried about it. Then the girl goes on to other medical things. You should have salt after every meal. You should have water after every meal. And that will help you. Um, talks about the idea of draining, of, of, of really cleaning yourself out with having a lot of liquid after you eat talks about the, the, the health benefits of having lentils at least once every 30 days. Not every day, because that leads to bad breath. Have mustard every day, but not every, um, once every 30 days, but not every day, because that will lead to weakness of the heart. Have little fish. I don't know if that's sardines or herring, because they're actually good for you. And not only that, they actually help you procreate. Um, fennel's very good for you. Um, and the Gemara goes on and on. Then the Gemara talks about the position of Rabbi Yehuda who says that you don't just make bari priyadama on all different vegetables. Rather, if it's vegetables, you make bari priyadama, but if it's seeds, you make bari mine zra'im on seeds. In other words, if you to ask for more specificity, where does he get this idea from? From the idea that it says in the Pasuk, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom, bless Hashem every day, which teaches us that every day, Shabbos, Yantif, weekday, gets different kinds of blessings in the Shemona Asrei. There's specificity. So too, when it comes to eating, we should have specificity in our eating, and we should make different blessings for, for herbs or plants versus seeds. The Gemara goes on and talks about how wonderful Hashem's creatures are, that the more full we are with Torah and mitzvot, the more we can accept. Then we go to the mission that says, I'll pay us to Elam that, Allah is that if you have a um, tree, uh, let's say an apple, 
and you would accidentally make an apple bird for you would fulfill your obligation. But if you have a tomato and you accidentally make a bird for you don't fulfill your obligation. But if you make a shako, you always fulfill your obligation. The Gemara says, oh, what's the chiddush here that if on, 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 uh, on vegetables or let's say wheat, that if you make a bracha on wheat of ha'etz, you don't fulfill your obligation? Of course you don't. No, you might think it's a kind of tree. Why? Because there's actually a three-way debate. What was the eight hadas, the tree of knowledge that Adam and Eve ate? One opinion says it was, no one says, by the way, that it was an apple. One opinion says that it was a geffen, it was grapes. One opinion says it was fig, and one opinion says it was wheat. So you see that wheat is a kind of tree, and the answer is it's not really a tree. And from here, the Gemara actually makes interesting and important distinctions between how do you know something's a tree or uh, or a plant, and it gets the interesting halakhic questions about bananas. There's a very important machlokas between Rashi and the Rush on how we define the difference between a tree or a plant. Anyways, the Gemara goes on. And talks about the idea of, yeah, if you make a shahakal, the shahakal works on everything. Does it even work on bread and wine? One opinion says no, but we pass in like Rabbi Yochanan that it even applies to bread and wine. Then the Gemara talks about, let's say I don't make the full bracha. Instead of saying, Baruch HaTashem, instead I say, Brich Rachmana, blessed is the compassionate one who created these things. And there are different opinions whether you fulfill your obligation, questions about whether or not you can make brachos even in English or not, not in Hebrew. And finally, we have a Mishnah that talks about shahakal meat, cheese, wine, things like that, you're going to make a shahakolan. But then there are also going to be things that are shahakol, not because they are actually fundamentally shahakol, but because they were some other food that, 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 that deteriorated. Let's say bread that became spoiled, or let's say uh, dates that were scorched, or different like, things like that. But there's another opinion that if you have something that actually gets spoiled, or something like vinegar, since it's a min klala, it came from a curse, there, therefore there would be no bracha at all. But we pass in on all of those foods, even if they're inferior, maybe they lose their original bracha, but they would maintain the shahakal. Finally, there's a discussion about, about mushrooms. Are mushrooms, why are mushrooms not barparadama? The answer is because they don't actually get nutrients from the ground, but rather from the air. So therefore, the bracha on mushrooms are, would be a shahakal. That concludes our review of Daf Mem, page 40. See you tomorrow for 41.